0: Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. Glad to see all of you here today. Are we just chilly enough? Perfect. Yeah, I won't say anything more because I'll just get in trouble. I would like to uh, invite forward Catherine Slabaugh who has a special announcement for us. Catherine.
1: Good morning. Like Pastor Scott said, my name is Catherine, and I work in the Office of Campus Ministry and I've been kickstarting our social media this past year. So um, in Campus Ministry, we believe that it's important to proclaim that you're part of a community of faith and one way we'd like to encourage you to do this is digitally. So today, we want to kind of start small and invite you all to check in on Facebook. So I'm gonna walk you through the process. We're gonna have a video plane and we're gonna take it very slowly. So step one, if you all would like to, please pull out your phones and open your Facebook app if you are on Facebook. Facebook, all right, pull up the app. So step one, so at the top it's gonna say, what's on your mind or what would you like to say? And there's gonna be a couple options. There's gonna say live photo or check-in. Click the check-in button. And it's gonna list a bunch of options of where on campus you could be. If you'd like to click CLU Samuelson Chapel, that would be great. And this is the opportunity where you can say a little bit about University Chapel, or you can just say, I'm here at University Chapel. Or you can just hit check-in, whatever you feel so inclined. Ah, we're at University Chapel. And when you're done, you can hit share. Doing great. Cool, well thank you all so much. Um, we hope that slowly but surely, we utilize social media and the internet in our places of worship to share a little bit about our faith. Thank you.
0: Catherine, we open our worship this day by singing our canticle, hymn number 241, verse 1, followed by some silence, and then you'll be invited to stand for our invocation and prayer. Holy is God, holy, immortal, ever-loving, ever-present, here and now. Taste and see that the Lord is good, come, come, find refuge in the love of God. Holy God, in this time of worship, feed us full with your love, grace, and peace. Amen.
2: The 12 steps, sorry. (laughs) We admitted that we were powerless over our addiction, that our lives had become unmanageable. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. We made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. We admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. We humbly asked God to remove our shortcomings. We made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. We made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so, would injure them or others. We continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to addicts and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Today's sacred text is from the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 1. John the Baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and people from the whole Judean countryside And all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him, and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God.
3: Good morning. Once upon a time, I think that's how all sermons should start, once upon a time, There was a young child eager to participate in the conversation at dinner, and piped up, said, anybody know the F word? As you can imagine, the parents were a little shocked. (laughs) And said, sweetheart, that's not a word we use in this house. The kid didn't even know. Totally floored. A few days later, on the way to school, the kid actually piped up with the F word. And the parent said, sweetie, what did we tell you about that word? And the child said, we're not in the house. Today, in the second week of Lent, this time when we think about our shortcomings, I want to talk about another word we don't use in our house. The G word. Guilt. Guilt. It sometimes seems that we live in a world that encourages us to feel no guilt about anything. And I can understand how this happened. People try all too often, don't they, to make us feel guilty for things that either are not that important or things that we can't help. Think about our language. I was bad today. I had a cookie. We're calling sexuality, gender identity, even race and ethnicity, a lifestyle choice. There's a lot of false guilt being flung around, isn't there? But there's a danger though in shedding all of this false guilt, which we need to do. The danger is that we forget that there is real guilt. And there are plenty of things we need to feel guilty about. I'm convinced that most of my most hurtful actions, in fact all of them, arise out of fear. Fear of the other. Fear of failure. Fear of being less than I feel I should be. The interesting thing to me is that fear is also the root of addiction. I know that I live all too often in the house of fear. I'm not addicted to the usual things that pop into our minds when we hear that word, drugs, alcohol, but I am going to confess to you all today, I am addicted to perfection. I fear doing anything that will be critiqued, which I take as a personal put down. And in this addiction, I find that the 12 steps, originally articulated by a recovery group known as Alcoholics Anonymous, are powerful words to guide me in my spiritual life. Today, I want to point out, especially steps four and steps eight Step four tells us we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. This is scary work, isn't it? Because it means that we have to be searingly honest with ourselves. I don't know about you, but I am probably the person I lie to the best. Step eight says, we made a list of all the persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Again, hard work, because it means I have to admit to another person right, that I am not perfect. That I failed people I love. I failed people I don't even know. I have many friends in 12-step programs, and they talk about an interesting phenomenon among some addicts. These are addicts who are technically sober, but they're not following the 12 steps. And in some circles, these people are called dry drunks. They aren't drinking, but they haven't worked on the character traits that made them drink too much in the first place. They aren't taking responsibility for the damage they've done as drunks. I get being a dry drunk, actually, because the steps are scary. The steps, following the steps, it does three things, right? and they're super hard. They force me to admit that I have failed, and badly. They ask me to atone for those failings with those whom I have hurt. And they ask me to work on changing my life so I don't repeat those mistakes. Such hard work. But here's the thing. Doing those scary things is ultimately the most freeing thing you can do in your life. And I'm going to let you in on a secret that I know is true. The reason we can make a fearless moral inventory of ourselves is because we know something about God as we understand God. What we know is that we are deeply loved by God. This is why people flocked to John the Baptizer. It was literally an opportunity to turn their lives around, to leave addiction, to leave the house of fear behind. God loves us. And that frees us to turn away from our addictions. To be Imperfect and messy. It will not be easy, but God will be with us. And because of that, because God will be with us, we can be ruthlessly honest with ourselves because God already knows. You're not telling God any secrets. We don't have to live in the house of fear. Don't have a dry, drunk Lent. Repent so you can love God. Repent so you can love one another. Repent so you can love. Because even before we repent, God has already loved us. Amen.
0: Take God's love to heart. Take it with you and share it with others. Embody it, always. Love one another. Go in God's peace. Amen.